0: A good Sunday morning. It is your morning after podcast. Scott Gerard, Hans Olson, Lloyd Cole, as we recap another busy weekend of college football. BYU rolls as we expect. Utah does as well. Utah State gets rolled by Boise State. We'll break it all down. And I guess, first off, gentlemen, we probably need to start with the game that didn't involve any of the three teams. What happened to Oregon? Oregon loses, and now. Things look a little bit more precarious in the Pac-12. Hans, what you? How shocked were you to see the outcome of that
1: game? I was blown away. I was blown away to watch Arizona State do that to Oregon, and I got to watch that game because we had we were surrounded by TVs. It was actually an amazing night. Had Oregon going, had the Jazz game. Had Utah State had. Utah, it was it was crazy, but we all got laser focused on the end of that Oregon Arizona State game. And I'll tell you what, guys, Herbert could not throw it to his own guys in the second half of that game.
0: That's a problem.
1: There were, I, th- I, I think, he threw three picks, but there were literally six balls in the second half that should have been intercepted. And I don't know what he was seeing. I don't know what Arizona State was doing, but they were getting in front of those passes, and they were grabbing interceptions, and it was leading to scores. And then that Arizona State quarterback that we just saw flop and flail and was terrible against Utah, he threw for nearly 400 yards against Oregon. So, I don't know, man. It it just felt like, I I was sitting there thinking, man, this is so Pac-12. And then I watch Washington, Colorado, and Colorado finishes off Washington like the back end of a a turkey leg on Thanksgiving Day. And I'm thinking, what is this conference all about right now? It's just just wacky.
0: Well, and and it just goes to show you how remarkable Utah has been because outside of that game against USC, they're not allowing teams – not only to challenge them and maybe get the upset they're just dominating every single team they play especially from a def- excuse me especially from a defensive standpoint they get another huge performance and route to a 35 to 7 victory
2: how about how about uh how about jack moss going off with uh, 200 rushing yards like i think it was probably pretty close to dang, near 240 overall um yards overall with him that guy that guy ran surprisingly with, with, with how well he was running it I, I mean I expected that that game felt like it was it was 28-0 at halftime but yet you looked at it and it was only 14 I and mean, granted they they, they got stuff at the goal line they should have got they, they should have got that one in um but but Zach Moss was as he has been all year long uh, was was unbelievable, and and Tyler Huntley was. I think he only had uh, maybe one incompletion by halftime, maybe two, if even that. Uh, you know, um, overall, the, I mean, he, has, he had. I'm not sure what he was looking at on that interception that he had. That, I mean, that was his one real error. But but the game, the, the game actually, it, it it felt like they beat him by a lot more than than they did. And granted, you know, 28 points is still a lot, but but I mean, they covered the 24, but it seemed like they beat him a lot worse than they did. Am I wrong? No. So,
1: Lloyd, the <clears throat> interception you were talking about, Kyle Whittingham right. addressed it afterward. And he said it was a, a route mix-up. And Frank actually broke it down in the postgame, talking about where the defender was sitting in the end zone and right. talking about the position of the receiver. And he said something was confused here because, you don't put the ball. You don't run the route here, or you don't put the ball here. because that route tree was confused. And the first thing Kyle Whittingham addressed in the post game was the breakdown of the route.
2: And it, so, it, it did look like a Tyler Huntley error. That is, um, this year, last year, maybe Tyler Huntley makes that mistake, and it's on Tyler Huntley, something like that. But this year, yeah. Tyler Huntley doesn't. I mean, his two interceptions this year are, are plays that are actually exactly. What like one another, I mean, right to the guy where you think there's probably some sort of some sort of error with the route well
1: and that's and how good he's been a lot of the incomplete passes I think what did he have four incomplete last yeah. week
0: well, yeah, four I went back four incomplete last <laughs> week, and then uh technically four uh one of those being interception ball hit the ground only three right. times for Tyler Huntley
1: unbelievable and i I went back and you know you look at the incomplete passes and I think two of the four would drop balls or maybe three of the four would drop balls. So he's putting it where it's supposed to be. And he was incredible last night. Zach Moss was incredible last night and Arizona was outmatched. And Andy Ludwig is brilliant. I sent out this tweet yesterday and Scott and Lloyd, do you guys remember going back to 2017? The three of us just sit around and just, Look at each other like, how did Tyler Huntley have 24 carries in this game? And then the next game, 26. And then what did he have, like 25 carries in that bowl game? Right. And and we're like, how did he end up with, wow, oh, man, I think it was 132 carries in 2017 through nine games. He's through 10 games this year, and he's got 16. So end up an extra game and less than half the carries and look at his production jump and look at his NFL hopes jump and look at his wins and losses jump. And it's like, remember I used to just beat this drum of, why do you not develop an NFL-level quarterback that sits in a pocket, stays upright, stays healthy? Why do you got to have him rushing 20 18, 20 times a game. And I think right. the brilliant thing that Budwick has done is develop Huntley as a passing, healthy quarterback. And he, I mean, it, it was,
2: I mean, last year, he, just, he always looked to run. It was, it was, it felt like always he would look at one guy and see if he was open. If he wasn't open, it was like, okay, I'm running. I'm gone. And he just had happy feet. And, but this should have, he, he looks, he looks, uh, you know, comfortable as can be in there. Um, it's, you see him bounce around. He has a, he has great fill in the, in the pocket when he senses a little bit of pressure, but mo- he moves away from the pressure. It's It's been, you know, and he's always looking downfield. He's never looking to run. And then finally, when he, when, when that, you know, that timer goes off in his head and then he's like, okay, I got to get out of here, you know, or something bad's going to happen. And that's when he, you know, that's when he scrambles.
0: You know, the one thing that <clears throat> I've heard Andy Ludwig get a lot of credit for is that they've, Is that he's been able to manipulate defenses so well that it hasn't made Tyler Huntley have to make a lot of decisions. And uh, to where uh, guys are open, guys are, uh, they're scheming so well that Tyler Huntley, that first read is usually open and the second read is usually open. And Tyler's done a better job even in route progression himself, but also they've taken a lot of responsibility. Uh, you know, a lot of the decision-making they haven't loaded him up with decisions. They haven't loaded him up with a lot of different concepts. They've given him great plays and they've schemed in such a way that Tyler Huntley, usually that first or second option is available. It's open and he's done a great job delivering it where it needs to be. And I mean, it has been a beautiful relationship with Andy Ludwig and, and, and I, Andy deserves a ton of credit. Tyler deserves so, so much love for his development as a quarterback. Never in a million years did I think he'd get at this point in his career where he's such a dynamic passer, a playmaker, uh, and frankly, a, a uh, as accurate as he's been, he deserves all the accolades he's getting. But Andy Ludwig deserves a ton of love as well.
2: What what, what changed hands, real, real quick, sorry. What has changed with, with Andy Ludwig that has, is it just is it just growth as as an individual as he as he's you know been at different places and and learn new things because let's I mean let's be honest we've brought, we've brought up Andy Ludwig of two thousand eight you know or two thousand seven whatever in that in that frame granted they won a Sugar Bowl in two thousand eight but but where you were like like what is that I mean I'm talking like you know a reverse at the one yard line those type of things and when we saw something similar to that I, you know I remember them being at the one yard line, I think it would might have been their second game of the of the year, and they did like you know an end around, and and then you're kind of like, well, I mean, think you know you got Zach Moss, right? but it, you know and it's worked like that. You know, there's there's something different like his his amount of balance of run and hitting different players, you know, different receivers. I mean, using Keithy as a, as essentially as a running back. I mean that's a, that's a wrinkle we haven't seen, and that was that was a beautiful thing. He had two touchdowns on the ground. Um, I mean, what is it with Andy Ludwig that is that has uh, turned into what he is now? I think a lot of it's just
1: experience, man, and it's it's reps and calling and experience, and and it's also confidence in a running back. And you can build and do so much when you've got a running back that you're confident with. <clears throat> if you take a look back at those years we were talking about 2017, you remember coming out of games and Tyler Hunt would have, he would have more carries than Zach Moss? And you're like, wait, what? How did that happen? And then you go look and Zach Moss is pulling the ball out of Huntley's chest and you see Huntley take two steps and he's looking around like, are you kidding me? You just took the ball out of my chest again. I think when, I think when he came in, talking about Andy Ludwig, I I think he looked at the film and said, I've got a running back that can take it 25 times and give me 200 yards. I've got a quarterback and I'm seeing mechanics that I can work with, put him in a pocket and I can work off of this run game. So, but I think he felt like he had the pieces that he could work with and then just has gone to work with it. And, And I do know he's a worker. The other thing is he's used little wrinkles um, last week against UCLA, we saw Keithy score on that slip screen out of the bunch set, right? Where, where it basically just slips underneath those two interior uh, receivers. Well, now he takes Keithy, moves him to the other side, puts Simpkins at that position, runs the same slip screen, and you've got Arizona keying on Keithy in the red zone. And Simpkins just slips under, grabs that slip screen, and he's in for a touchdown. So. He's just, I don't know, man, like you watch shooters when they, when they can't miss and that they say the, backs, the basket looks like it's five times wider than it usually is. And I feel like he's in the mode of what he has to work with and he's using it all. And then I think teams are perplexed with what they can do. Arizona in the red zone, Scottie and Lloyd, they were moving eight and nine guys into the box. They they were they were doing everything they could to stop Moss and you had Ludwig just working his magic off the edges. It was impressive, it was man. And they they caught Arizona in a lot of slants and they were using cutback lanes and you could just tell that Ludwig had Arizona locked in. And now a Colorado team coming off this Washington win, it's going to be the same. They'll they'll beat Colorado thirty eight to seven, thirty eight to three. Thirty eight to nothing possibly. That's mm. just what they're doing right
0: now. Well, and, and they're gonna need to as well because Oregon isn't certainly going to help them because now that Pac twelve championship game is gonna feature Utah and Oregon with Oregon not at eleven and one, but most likely ten and two. And and now you're looking at a situation where if Utah loses that game uh, Oregon's not going to the college football playoff, obviously. So that means Utah definitely has to beat Oregon, and uh, and has to, frankly, beat them convincingly to go in at twelve and one and make a case to the college football playoff. But that game now, all of a sudden, lost a little bit of its luster because of uh, of that Oregon loss. So now Utah certainly has to take care of business, and now they definitely have to beat Oregon in that Pac twelve championship game because. The consolation prize in that game is now not the Rose Bowl for the University of Utah.
2: They will buy, this is my early prediction barring barring some sort of injury to Huntley, they will I guarantee they will win by more than ten points.
0: They will curb stomp him. yeah
2: they will they will curb stomp. They, they I'm sorry, you know what you know what has always been Oregon's biggest Achilles heel has been, been going up against a physical team. How many times have they struggled against like a Stanford? And I know we're getting ahead because they said Utah's of Colorado, but they're they're going to curse on Colorado as well. Yep. But Utah Utah is that I mean they're 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 that Stanford team, but with a, with a more potent offense. They're that physical Stanford team that was so good that went into all those Rose Bowls and 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 typically had their way. You know was able to was, uh, was able to beat Oregon. Oregon mm-hmm. doesn't do all that great with with physical teams. Um, I mean you know they they should have beat Auburn, and that's a, that's about as physical as you get right there, but. There's something, but they did not Or Auburn doesn't have have the offense that, that, that Utah has. I they you know what they will win by by more than by more than two touchdowns, by more than 14 points. I guarantee it. I'm not even kidding. That's 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 how much confidence I think I have in this Utah team right now.
0: Well, I don't and know
2: how, if, how how soft I think Oregon is.
0: I don't know if he said it on the air, off the air hands, but uh, Ron McBride and he'd be. I'm fine sharing this because he would certainly say it on the air. Ron McBride told us uh, on Friday. He goes. Because we mentioned something about playing Oregon. He goes, oh, they'll destroy Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, you know, Ra- Ron McBride is, is very high on Utah, and this was before Oregon lost to Arizona State. He's not been impressed with Oregon, and he thinks he's been saying all along, Utah's going to win that game.
1: Yep. Uh, I, I, I have no worries with that game. That much. By the way, do we
2: have any word on Brian Thompson? Yeah, Kyle
1: Whittingham in the postgame says it's not, too not so. serious.
2: Not serious. Mm-hmm. just an ankle sprain Yeah, high ankle sprain uh, well, surgery he, he'll be back next week no he, he
1: didn't specify it looked like it was a yeah. knee issue because uh, they were doing a knee stability test on him mm-hmm. on the field but it, Whitworth said he's done for the season and when you look at you just got Colorado and then Oregon in the Pac-12 championship uh, it's not a, a lot of time left so I think I think it must be fairly minor, and I'm hoping to see him back, at minimum, see him back for the actual championship
0: game. All right, next up, uh, did not have – well, I'll just uh, full – I'll admit it. I have not had a chance to see much out of the BYU game outside of highlights uh, with all the preparation and stuff for the uh, Utah State game. Um, But uh, I don't think I really need to see much out of that game. What was it, 49 nothing at halftime? And uh, BYU BYU ends up rolling, as they should, against a really bad UMass team. BYU could have scored 90, could have scored 100 on that team had they wanted to. That's how bad UMass is. And BYU had a lot of injuries, and they were moving guys around yesterday, but didn't really matter when you play a team like that. And it was just uh, smooth sailing for the Cougars against uh, probably the worst team in FBS football right now.
1: I want to get a picture (laughs) JCW's on a table. You've got, don't call me Alex Kyle. You've got Will Snowden.
2: No,
0: I think you flip-flopped that. Don't
2: call me Kyle. Yeah, you did. You did hit real Kyle. I think you had real Kyle.
1: (laughs) And and me. And we had a, a little laptop with Flow Sports running. Somehow Kyle rigged it and got it up and running. And The three of us are kind of (laughs) shoulder-to-shoulder packed in trying to watch this BYU game where all these people are coming through grabbing a JCW's burger. And I'm sitting there thinking, is this real life? Like, here we are in 2019, and I'm watching this on a portable computer, and and, and, and Kyle had to pay $30 for it. And I and I felt bad for him but not really. Wait. Oh. Hold,
2: hold on, you can't just gloss over that. You made Kyle you made, pay for it? You, no, you did
0: not. That's like that's like 7 hours of work for him.
1: You did not. Oh no. Stop it. Oh no. So anyways, we watched the BYU game ah, on that. Little no. computer, no. You are the You're the worst. You were the worst. Can we not squabble over who paid for I'm what? I'm sorry. And the guy <laughs> works like ten hours a week. <laughs> and just and he's, he's a good kid. He did it on his own. His his own time. He he took the initiative. That's he where owned. you. That's where you take out your car.
2: You can know. I got this. Don't worry about it. I will, Real Kyle. I've got this. Oh boy! <laughs> what, what if Amanda had went to pay? If you took Amanda out and she went to pay, you you wouldn't have let her pay, would you? You would have said, "This is like, pay your first date." You would have said, "No, I got this." No, you wouldn't I, have made Amanda pay on the first date, would you? It
1: just depends. I mean, it really just depends on the, the moment. You did make her pay on your first. date. Oh my God! No, no I just didn't eat, and uh...
0: it was it was a wall and you guys had that arrangement,
2: right?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I did have
2: a little bit of help here and there. I'm, not gonna lie. I'm, just, but, I'm disgusted by you right now, but let's get on to the game. I'm disgusted. That's, so we'll, we're going to need to discuss this on Monday. So
1: have you guys, I, I want you to really think about this. Think about all your football viewing in your entire life. Have you ever seen a 42-point quarter?
0: Um, I think Utah State may have had one last year. But that's they have
1: a they had a forty-two point quarter last year. I'm just trying to last year.
0: Last year they were up. uh, They scored fifty in the first half against New Mexico. They were plus fifty, and I but I can't remember the quarter breakdown on that.
1: I uh, was shocked by the level of inability of UMass in the second quarter, and then I was also very pleased with the execution. Guys, they remember, remember I said there was a couple things I wanted to see out of this UMass game. I wanted to see the pre-snap penalties and the post-whistle penalties cut out. They had one penalty for 10 yards in the first three quarters of that game. And then they put in the second string guys and they may have got one or two more. But it was clean. And that showed me that the coaches paid attention to that. I said I wanted to see a clean pocket, no inside beats, and the pocket was clean. There was no inside beats, great one-on-ones, and no mismanagement of of assignments, no mental errors, which was really nice through the first three quarters. Um, I, I wanted to see good releases, good timing from Zach Wilson, and we saw it. I wanted to see uh, a sustained drive, and we saw it. So. I just went right down the checklist and I got to see everything I needed to see to feel confident that they're going to put up a very good fight against San Diego state, but this is going to be an evenly matched game and it's going to be a dogfight, fight. And they're going to have to show that heart. They showed earlier in the season when they got a couple of overtime wins.
0: San Diego like state, Jackson. by the way, San Diego state yeah. wet the bed a little bit uh, on the road. They lost to Hawaii. So now Hawaii won wins the division. And Hawaii?
2: How about that?
0: Hawaii will be playing Boise State in the Mountain West Conference what? championship game.
1: What's more, Jack, the Mountain West Conference will attack twelve.
0: Oh, geez, such a that's crazy. And then Boise, Boise might be your group of, and we'll talk about Boise here in a second. I think Boise still is laying claim to being your Mountain West. I mean, or your uh, your group of five team, and I think. They're pro, they got a really good chance. They've got some work to do, and Memphis and Cincinnati might have something to say about that. But, uh, but right now you're looking at uh Boise playing really well, and they will curb stomp Hawaii in that game. Hawaii's got to go to Boise in the middle in uh, early December. Yeah, no, that ain't that ain't gonna work well for them. Nope. So, but yeah, back to BYU. Uh, they just did everything you were expecting them to do, and uh, but to your point, they look good doing it. And uh, that's the most important thing is that there wasn't a letdown. There wasn't any of that, uh, your first stringers not playing well or, or you know, like, you know, little nitpicking things that you were able to point out against Idaho State. I didn't see a lot of that in that game against UMass.
1: Correct. Yeah. That, and that was exactly what I needed to see. And, and then I saw a lot of youth. Um, I saw a lot of young guys who were getting looks and opportunities. and. I was worried for a minute, Jackson McChesney, who is I don't know, what is he, four string running back. Yeah. And basically with the super down and Tyson Williams down and everything that's happened to that running back position, they've been u- using Jackson McChesney and he went down hard and grabbed his knee and it looked bad and he limped off and couldn't put weight on it and then he came back a few plays later and looked for like a 35-yard run. And I was like, what just happened? Because it looked <laughs> blown. And the next thing I know, he's on the field just uh, just going crazy. He may have some soreness. I hope he can be ready for because Jackson McChesney looked really good. And, you know, they, they've they had to take Tyler Algier. Uh, have you guys ever seen in a season, and you've seen a guy lead the team at tackles and then flip to the other side and lead a team in rushing yards, because LJ has a chance to do that. He led the team in tackles against, I think it was Boise State. And now he's back at the running back position, having to carry a certain load for them. So, you know, you're just seeing guys do extraordinary things to try to keep this team afloat right now.
2: Will had to be smiling here from ear to ear with uh, Jackson McChesney going off for 228 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. No, he was, he, he was big on it. He's been big on him because uh, he's one of his guys. And so that was, that, was good. that was good to see him
1: go off like that. Yeah, he was happy. And then last thing on the BYU game, I gave J.J. and Wigley a really tough time last week against Idaho State because there were some times he got bullied. So BYU was pushed all the way back to their own one-yard line. It was actually probably a foot-and-a-half yard line. And JJ and Louis off the, the one technique blew through on a fourth and a fourth and a foot and a half and goal and got a tackle for a loss and stopped the drive. So it was, it was fun to see him have some good senior moments yesterday. He, he played much better against UMass, which was nice to see.
0: So BYU gets that W, gets set for a big one against San Diego State. That San Diego State defense is, they're legit. That's a really, really good defense. That'll be a fun test to see how Zach Wilson does against that defense. And uh, they've got a middle linebacker hands, I'm sure, as you look at film coming up this week. Uh, kind of playing that old Lobo back, that same position Brian Erlacher played back in the day, uh, who I think is really, really good. And I'm curious, and I'm excited for you to get some eyes on him, see what you think out of him, but... Um, he's uh, he's a really good player, and and this will be a good test for BYU in that offense. I, I think BYU should win. BYU's defense, I think, will look great because San Diego State's offense is not good, and their quarterback is um, is a uh, poverty stricken Johnny Manziel. I can't even say a poor man's Johnny Manziel. He just he he runs around and he'll make he'll make a, a decent play here and there with his
1: feet, but for the most part, like, Poverty stricken, <laughs> can't even see pores, man. Like this guy, he he's been bankrupt. Man. No, this guy
0: is oh. this guy is a dude asking for change outside of a Maverick version of. Oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Sorry, too far. Oh, good, okay. Scotty. You feel good about that? I'm just trying. I, to, like, I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see a good matchup again for BYU.
0: Right. Sorry. I may not have come out the way it should have. I apologize. That's all right. All right. And then uh, finally, Utah State. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. i not going to lie. I did not see that coming. I thought they'd play much better. I thought they'd turn the corner defensively in Boise State. And it was just had that same feel of uh, of Air Force and and BYU, uh, where defensively they were just a sieve. Yeah. Um, Boise had a third string quarterback who did not need to really throw the ball down the field. They, uh, they gave, they gave him a, a bunch of passing yards, but it was off of those fly sweeps where you just pitch it to your motion man. Who's coming in, in motion that technically is labeled as a pass. Uh, but, but Boise had over 300 yards rushing, uh, and, and Utah state couldn't stop just defensively could not get stops. Uh, and, and offensively, um, after, uh, Jordan Love threw another pick six. It was just uh it was a rough night. And and again, it was just one of those performances. Hans you and I were texting him back and forth in a big game like that when you've got a lot on the line, a chance to share a division title and and you go out and have a performance like that. It's just a bit of a head scratcher. Like I just I can't wrap my brain around why that team played as poorly as they
1: did last night. It was crazy because there there was a minute there in the first quarter where Oh yeah. Where It was basically back-to-back catches, uh, one by Tompkins that was, I don't know, man. It was two of the most brilliant catches I've seen. I actually had to send a tweet. Uh, I think it was Devin Tompkins trapped the football between the defender's arm and his hand and came down with it, kept it off the ground for like a 47-yard gain. And then Caleb Repp in the end zone reaches up with the offhand, the backside offhand, and one hand a catch and touches a toe down. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, Utah State, man, here they come. And then that was it. He just flatlined. And yeah. it, was, it was really troubling to see the pressure. It was troubling to see Love hold on to the ball as long as he was holding on to it. I felt like his, he, had, he wanted to be patient, but his delivery wasn't crisp. It wasn't coming out quick. He was spending too much time in the pocket, which then created pressure, and then the run game fell flat. That was so reliable early on in the season, and it was a uh, it was a cluster to watch that game.
2: Yeah, that's De- definitely thought they'd have a better better uh, showing. You know, wasn't sure if they were going to be able to you know to beat Boise because Boise is so tough but at home. Like you got to have a you got to have a little bit better showing. You know, defensively. Yeah. And, and by that way that, 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 that catch that touchdown catch that made it on that, that went that went national I think it was on uh, I think it was on the Etienne, you know NFL show or whatever and you got the you got Moss I think it's one of Randy Moss's little things that he does or whatever but um, that, that catch got got some, some national attention that was an unbelievable catch but but that's that definitely a disappointing uh, performance for, for for Utah State defense you know with so much on the line I would have thought there would have been just a little bit more fire there.
0: Yeah. Well, they look they get a chance to um they get a chance to go to New Mexico next week. That'll be probably another W. That gives them seven on the regular season. Uh, and then potentially eight with a bowl game. And so there's uh, you know, there's still some games to be played for Utah State. But, you know, look, it's we knew it was going to be a bit of a season of transition. I think uh this offensive line, I mean, you had your third string right tackle going up against Curtis Weaver. And hands. There were oh. there were probably about three or four plays where he didn't even get a hand on him. I mean, it was just
1: yeah, and it was bad. I, I saw those. I saw those plays, Scotty. They they were running some good stunts too. They knew that they could confuse him, and they were putting Weaver Wyatt, and they were running their three technique out across that freshman that freshman's face, and bringing Weaver on kind of a loop stunt. And at those plays, some of those ones where they didn't get a hand on him. It was well scripted stunts to take advantage of a, a young kid. So, Scott, you tell me in this game there was a defensive touchdown for Boise State. There was a special teams touchdown yep. for Boise State. They, and that's frustrating. They, uh,
0: yeah, they hit for the cycle. And uh, Utah State knew they had to be perfect in, well, not perfect, but they had to be great in offense, defense, and special teams. And and frankly all three areas really let him down in that game and it was uh it was unfortunate to watch there's no doubt about it. So Utah State licking their wounds a little bit, only their second uh, conference loss, but uh but that uh, means that uh, their bowl games probably options probably took a little bit of a hit on that one. And uh who knows Hans, you may be uh you and I may be up in Boise calling a game for uh for Utah State in the Potato Bowl coming up in early January. It Might be fun for the show wow. though.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. I'd love to go back to Boise and call that bowl game and have Utah State in it. That, it would be entertaining for me, and it would be nice for fans fan in Logan to get up to that bowl game. It's close, convenient. It's easy. I think they do a great job with it, Scotty. I, I need Um, I, I also I wanted to give a shout-out to Weber State, man. Oh, uh, yeah. You see Montana. Montana State took care of Montana. Weber State destroyed Idaho State. By the way, you called the Montana State win over Montana, and Montana State boat raced them, like 47 to 14 or something. Um, So it took care of them, and Jay Hill is this uh, third year in a row grabs at least a share of the Big Sky title. I was looking at this. They have not lost a regular season home game since October of 2017. Wow, that's and that's yeah, awesome. it, it's dominant, man. He's he's turned things around, and I'm really proud of, of that Weaver State team. Really happy for Jay and that assistant staff. There's some really good guys there, uh, including Dave Schram, who came in to coordinate, and he's just a he's a great coach, great guy. Joe Dale, a couple of other former Utah guys, Aganther is up there, and they've put out a fantastic product and I was really happy to see them get a share of that Big Sky title.
0: Yeah, and and by the way, what Jay's done at Weber State and the building project that he had to go through uh, to get that program back up, uh, you know, Jerry Bovey with a smart hire and bringing him in and then allowing him to do his thing, and he's been great. And back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, at least a share of the conference title, it's just remarkable. And, uh, again, cannot be more happy for them and, and more happy for – uh, that 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 crew up there, and uh, they'll be in the playoffs, and I think they'll do some damage once they get there in that FCS playoff run. I hope so. Yep. All right, gentlemen, that wraps it up. Another edition of your morning after podcast. Hans Olson, Scott Gerard, and Lloyd Cole, and uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Remember, show kicks off at noon. We will uh, break it all down for you. Uh, you'll also hear from Kalani Sataki. You'll hear from uh, Kyle Whittingham. Show kicks off at noon. Hans and Scotty, Lloyd called. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and 1280thezone.com.